There are many portions of Scripture that we could turn to uh, this evening, and of course, as we do uh, every year at the harvest time, many different portions that deal with the harvest theme, many uh, different uh, texts of Scripture that we can turn to uh, to consider uh, the harvest theme at this time. In fact, our Savior, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ himself and his earthly ministry, uh, very often he took the theme of the harvest, he took uh, the theme of agriculture and farming, and he, uh, through the simple physical truths of those subjects, he taught great spiritual teaching. The portion we've read this evening is no exception. It's a parable told by our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, It is the parable of the soil. You might have heard it maybe uh, with another title, maybe the parable of the sower or a parable of the seed or the farmer. Uh, But particularly tonight for what we want to consider, um, what we want to focus on, the parable of the soil is the most appropriate title. There are different aspects, of course, of this parable, different perspectives that we could take as we look at what takes place here, there are different aspects that we can consider, different things that we could focus on, and all would be right and proper. But tonight, we want to focus really on what I believe is the main focus point of this parable, and that is of the soil itself, or the ground upon which the seed falls here as Christ teaches the parable. It's recorded here for us in Luke, but also over in Matthew 13, and Mark chapter 4, and it would have been a very familiar scene. What Christ describes here, the imagery that Christ gives, the uh, picture that he paints as he teaches uh, this parable, it would have been a very familiar scene to his hearers in that particular day. In fact, even uh, here, as they stood on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, as maybe they took a quick glance around them, uh, they mightn't have had to look too hard or too far to spot a scene just like this one just like what Christ is describing here, and just like what he is teaching Christ in this parable, he speaks of a sower or a farmer, and that sower is scattering seed across the field. And if you're accustomed, of course, just to a world of pavements and concrete, that mightn't mean anything, but his hearers would have been very familiar and very used to this type of imagery. Fields at this time, the time of Christ, were long, narrow strips. They would have been marked off uh, had boundaries, not offences and hedges as we would be accustomed to today, but uh, by stony, well-trodden paths that went round the sides of those fields. And that's the picture that Christ paints. And he tells uh, in this parable here that the sower or the farmer, that one who was tasked with tending the field and looking after uh, the field, he used what would have been called a broad casting method to sow the seed. He would have had a pouch of seed. He would have carried it with him. He would have put in his hand into that pouch, took a handful of seed, and he would have thrown it and scattered it across the field. There were no machinery like would be used today. But this would have been a very effective way of sowing the field. And that farmer would have got very skilled and very used to knowing just the right amount of power and the right technique so that the seed was evenly scattered. And the whole idea of this method was to cover all of the field. The entirety of the field that that farmer was responsible for was to be planted with the seed that he cast forth. They would have been very careful not to let the seed fall into big piles or all to land in one spot or to miss even out spots off the field. 
But as they walked up and down that patch of land, they would have ensured that every little bit was covered. Naturally, of course, it would be impossible to throw seed like that as he came to the edges of the field and not for it to fall upon the pass, not for it to cast forth outside the field. And even as he was in the field, maybe there were patches off that field that hadn't been properly cultivated or patches maybe were a little bit barren and as the seed fell on them, maybe it wouldn't have produced just the same quality of fruit. And so this is the image that Christ is using here. And as we said, the main focus point here is off uh, the soil, but there are other factors that we shouldn't dismiss as we introduce this parable here. We have firstly the seed. Christ tells us that the seed represents there in verse 11 the word of God. The seed that has been sown by the sower, by this farmer, that seed that has been scattered in the field, it is a picture, it is a representation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Christ is painting the picture here of the word of God which is cast forth, which is sown in the field of the world true that God's word is often referred to as being seed in scripture. There are many different passages we could turn to. Think of Psalm 126 and the closing verses of that. Uh, Psalm says, Are they that sow in tears shall reap in joy? He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed. Speaking of the word of God, it's speaking of the message of the gospel. And it talks about how the one who bears that precious seed, the one who casts it forth, the one who proclaims the message of the gospel faithfully, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. There will be fruit. The word of God will be blessed. Of course, as we think about that in relation to this parable, we can certainly see the association with the word of God today. It is scattered far and wide. The message of Jesus Christ God's intention for it, God's plan, God's purpose, God's aim is for the message of the word of God to go forth as far and wide into this world as he determines. That's one of the purposes of the church, to go into all the world, to preach the gospel, to bring the message of Christ to all tribes, to all nations, to all languages, to all people, to all that we have access to, to all uh, we come in contact with, we're to share the message of the gospel. That's what we do when we preach. It's what we do when we share a tract. It's what we do when the message of the gospel goes forth in the radio or the television or whatever other format and aspect that it might be. It's the seed being scattered far and wide. It's the word of God being cast forth. And that's the picture that Christ gives here. The sower of the seed represents those who proclaim the word of God. Those that go forth proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ. But as we said already, the focal point of this parable is dealing with the different types of soil. That's what Christ spends the majority of his time here teaching about. That's what the majority of this parable centers and focuses upon. He See, teaches here that as we preach the word of God, as we share the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that not everybody responds in the same way. We do not always get the same result. As gospel missions are held, as gospel services are conducted, as the word of God goes forth, whether in the pulpit or on radio or in track or on television, the results vary. As it comes into contact with different hearts and different souls, the response is always different. Why is that the case? 
because the hearts are all different. Yes, in our fallen state, of course, we are all sinners in that regard. They're all the same. But even in that sin, they're in different conditions. They're in different stages of preparation and readiness for the word and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And tonight, as the gospel message is proclaimed from the pulpit, as it is proclaimed here regularly, week by week, we trust and pray that there will be those that receive the seed, those that hear it, those that heed it, those that trust in Christ as their Savior, but inevitably there will be those that will reject the seed, those that will cast it away, and those that will have no time for that seed that is sown. We want to consider the four different types of soil just very briefly and very simply. This evening these things aren't complicated here. This parable that Christ taught is very beautiful in its simplicity, and yet we trust and pray that the Spirit of the Lord would teach us as we think about these types of soil. I want you to think about which one uh, refers to your heart. As we think about these different types of ground, where the seed has been scattered, where the seed has been sown, we want you to prayerfully examine your own heart tonight and see where you stand before the Lord. Notice here, firstly, the roadside soil. Look at verse number 5 of this portion of Scripture. It says, There a sower went out to sow his seed, And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And Christ teaches here that some of the seed that was scattered, it fell by the wayside of the field. Those are the footpaths that we spoke about that bordered the fields at the time. And as the farmer or the sower seed, seed, particularly at the edge of the field, no doubt some of that seed would have scattered beyond the boundary of the field and it would have landed upon this well-trodden ground. The soil, if you could call it that, in those footpaths would not have been plowed, it would not have been prepared. In the hot climate, it would have hardened, it would have become very dry, it would have become nearly like concrete. And seed that landed on such ground really had no hope whatsoever of penetrating down into any fertile soil whatsoever. It never got past the surface. It would lie there and either be trampled upon by those that walked the path or it would have been eaten by birds which would have spotted it and swooped down and pecked it up as it lay on the surface of the footpath. Now what was Christ teaching here? What's the relevance to The sowing of the seed today, well, Christ explains exactly what he meant in verse number 12. He says, those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Christ gives the explanation. He teaches here what the parable means. The roadside ground pictures a heart that is closed to the gospel message. It's a heart that has no time a heart that has no place, a heart that has no consideration for the things of God. It is one of the most, in fact, the most hopeless conditions that is pictured here in this parable. It's one of the most hopeless conditions you could be in this evening. It's the most hopeless condition you could ever be in when it comes to the state of your heart and your soul to be closed to the message of the gospel. To have a heart so hardened a heart so dry to the things of God, a heart which, spiritually speaking, is as hard as concrete. What a solemn and serious condition to be in this evening. 
And I wonder tonight, is that the case with you? Have you hardened your heart over the years? Have you hardened your heart over the times that you've heard the message of the gospel? Have you a heart that is closed to the things of God? A heart that is closed to Jesus Christ? Have you said, I want nothing to do with the Savior? I want nothing to do with salvation. I want nothing to do with the message of Jesus Christ. I'm fine living my life the way I am. I will work it all out myself. One day I will get to heaven for I will do better than uh, the bad that I do. And eventually God will accept me. I don't need the Savior. I want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. That's your position tonight. You're what Christ is describing here in this road Side soil, soil, you're in a hopeless condition. God's word tells us that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And tonight you're rejecting Christ. You're rejecting the only door to heaven. You're rejecting the only means of the salvation for your soul. Your unbelief and your sin has made your heart hard like the soil on the roadside. The seed of the gospel has tried to penetrate and yet you've closed it off. Your heart is a place of darkness, a place of sin, and you're dead in your trespasses and your sin. You're as hard to the things of God as you can be. Christ explains here that those who have a heart such as that, they are those who hear the word of God and then the devil will come and snatch away that word so they can't believe and be saved. You see, the whole purpose of the gospel Going forth, the whole reason why the gospel is preached, the whole reason why in the Free Presbyterian Church the preaching of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is central, is at the core, is so that God is glorified in the saving of precious souls. That's why you've been invited here tonight. That's why your family and friends want you to join them at a service such as this. They have a desire and a love for your soul. They want you to be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why your minister stands week by week and shares the message of the gospel. It's not that we would offend, not that we would receive some personal gain, but that God would be glorified in the saving of your precious soul. And yet there are those that will sit in a meeting such as this, and maybe you're one tonight, and you will hear the word of God, and yet you're hardened to it. It will be trampled upon by everything else in your life. The other things that occupy your heart, the material things, your career, your hobbies, your social life, your sin, your lust, whatever else it might be, they take priority over the gospel. And time and time again, you trample over the word of God. And the devil comes and he uses those things that occupy your life to snatch the message of Jesus Christ from you. And he will use your human passions, your sin, your pride, your fear, what others will think, your stubbornness, whatever else it might be, to hinder you in coming to Jesus Christ. Oh, the message of the gospel tonight, this seed that is sown, it tells all men that they need to repent and believe the gospel. It tells you tonight that you need to soften your heart, you need to believe on Jesus Christ, because if you don't, you will be cast off from him forever. You'll be sent to that lost sinner's hell. Do not harden your heart to the message of the gospel. Psalm 95, verses 7 and 8. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't let Satan snatch the good seeds. Don't be those that are hard to the things of God. 
the roadside soil. The second type of soil is the rocky soil. Look at verse number 6. It says there, And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it weathered away because it lacked moisture. This ground that Christ describes here would have been a ground that had a rock bed right under the surface of the field, but that rock bed would have been covered with a layer of relatively good soil on the top, and the rock then would not have been visible to the farmer. Even when the field was ploughed, all he would see would be the good soil on the surface, but yet in the whole scheme of things, it was a shallow layer of soil. It was a layer of soil so shallow that it couldn't maintain any moisture. It didn't have what it needed to sustain the proper growth of a seed, especially in the hot and dry climate. And so the seed would have went in and it maybe would have germinated. It would have began to grow. But almost as soon as it began to look lush and healthy, it began to waste away because it wasn't getting what it needed. The roots couldn't grow beyond the layer of rock. And for a while, the crop might look like it is healthy. It might look like it is full of potential, but soon it dies off and it reveals itself for what it truly is. Christ again explains what he meant. In verse 13, it says, Are they on the rock, are they which when they hear receive the word with joy? And these have no root, which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. See, there are those who will receive the message of the gospel. They'll believe it to be true. It will even fill them with excitement. It'll fill them with joy. They will appear to respond positively to what the scripture has to say. But before too long, they begin to forget what they had heard. They begin to return to the things of the world. You see, there are those that had no root. They were not really, truly saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh yes, in the outward appearance, all looked well. It looked as if they had accepted the gospel. It looked as if they had believed on Jesus Christ. For a while they behaved like a Christian. They acted like a Christian. They went to church like a Christian. But soon temptation came and they fell away. They went back to their old ways of living. As if they'd never heard the gospel. And yes, of course, every true child of God can fall into sin. But this is speaking here of those that were never truly saved at all. They hadn't trusted Christ for salvation. They made an outward profession. I wonder, does that describe you this evening? Maybe you believe the gospel. Maybe it brings you a sense of joy. It brings you a sense of excitement knowing that you can have your sins forgiven, knowing that you can have for you reserved in heaven an eternal home, but yet when you search your heart, you know you haven't really trusted in Christ as your Savior. You've never repented of your sin. Oh, outwardly you might look like a Christian. You might come to church. You might say things that you ought to say. You might behave in the right way. You might act like those around you, but deep down you know that your faith has no root. You know that there's never been that moment in your life when you've repented of your sin and you've trusted in Jesus Christ. All you've made is an outward profession. One commentator said, The soil spread thinly over a layer of rock illustrates a shallow-hearted person who responds immediately but only superficially. wonder tonight, perhaps, have you responded to the gospel message before but maybe just to satisfy your conscience?
Maybe just to satisfy those who invited you to the meetings. Maybe just to impress the minister. Maybe for some other reason that is only known to you, but really deep down tonight you know you're not saved. Tonight if you were to examine and search your own heart, if you were to look for fruit in your life of salvation, you would find none, and you know you're not trusting in Jesus Christ. Oh, dear friend, don't enter into God's eternity with a superficial profession of faith, because if you do, you'll be lost forever. Don't go another moment depending on some false profession, but tonight get the matter settled. Repent of your sin. Believe in Christ to the saving of your soul. Take him as your Savior. One of the biggest problems that faces the modern church today is there's so many false professions, so many outward acts of trusting in Christ, but no inward change. Maybe under pressure. Maybe influenced by an emotional tune at the end of a meeting. Or maybe just thinking that being a follower of Christ is just making a little commitment and then you can go back to living life as you want, but having never truly been born again by the Spirit of God. Many churches, many so-called preachers will have much to answer for. Leading people into this false assurance, this false hope, a faith with no root, a faith not resting in Jesus Christ, a faith not trusting in the man of Calvary, the one who knew no sin and yet became sin for us. Dear friend, tonight it's of the utmost importance that you make sure you're not depending on a false profession. Have you truly repented of your sin? Have you truly cast your life upon Jesus? Are you truly a follower of the Savior tonight? As you look at your life, is there evidence of a soul transformed, a life transformed, a heart transformed? Has there been that move of God in your heart and soul? Are you truly born again? Are you truly trusting in Christ this evening? Third place, we have what I've entitled here the riddled soil. The riddled soil. Look at verse 7. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. This is ground that is riddled with thorns and weeds. Thorns and thistles, of course, are useless for agricultural purposes in terms of growing uh, seed, beneficial seed. In fact, they're harmful to crops because they begin to take over the field and they choke everything else. And as such, any seeds that are grown in a field that is plagued with weeds and thorns, they will never mature into a healthy harvest. They will never bring forth any beneficial fruit. Even when a field of weeds is ploughed, many more weeds will still grow. It might appear like you're getting somewhere. It might appear like the weeds are getting dealt with. But before too long, they begin to raise their head again. From the remnants of the old weeds, new weeds will begin to grow once more. If anyone has done any gardening whatsoever, you'll know it's a lot easier to grow weeds than it is for the plants and flowers. seems to be all I can grow at home, weeds. I can't grow plants and flowers, but I can grow weeds. It's hard to keep the weeds away. Of course, in Scripture, as we study the weed, we know that it's a result of the curse of sin. Weeds began to grow. Those weeds began to suck up the moisture in the soil. They drained out the nutrients. They blocked the sunlight from the crops. They choked life out of everything in the field. Weeds bring death, a result of sin. 
What does Christ explain this type of soil as meaning? We look at verse 14. And that, that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. These are people who are too concerned and too focused on the things of the world. They might respond positively at first to the gospel. They might show signs of believing in Jesus Christ. There might even appear to be some growth and some fruit. But before too long, the sin of the world, the loss of the heart, the corruption of the soul begins to rear its head and it chokes any good seed there was. This is a person who is too much in love with the things of the world. A person that is too focused on the pleasures of this life. Too focused on the material things. They have too high a value placed on earthly ambitions and sinful pleasures. They might be focused on things like money and careers and big houses and flashy cars. And whilst there's nothing wrong, of course, with those things in and off themselves. But yet they've made them a god in their lives. They have become a weed in their heart and in their soul, slowly taking over all their ambitions and all their cares and all their desires. Wonders that you this evening, dear friend, is it the love of money? Desire of material possessions, is that what's holding you back from Christ? Is that what's holding you back from repenting of your sin? And trusting him as your saviour? Is it the case you don't want to give up the things of the world? Remember they man that Christ dealt with. Christ told him to go and to sell all that he had, but he went away sorrowful. He didn't want to give up the world. Though the pleasures of the world are only for a season, and yet your soul is eternal. You cannot take your riches and material possessions with you, but you will take your soul. Where will it be when you die? Will it be the case that you gain the whole world, that you have everything in this life, that you have all the weeds of this world, all that seems to bring a little bit of pleasure for a moment, and yet at the end of it all lose the most valuable thing you have, your precious never-dying soul. It will be the case that you have all you want in this life, and yet when you die you'll be cast into the eternal torments of hell. Oh, will you realize the material possessions and pleasures of the world, they mean nothing. They will choke your soul. They will damn your soul to hell. No, this type of soil, this type of heart can affect the child of God also. So many distractions in the world tonight. There's so many things that are vying for our attention. So many things going on in the world. And sometimes the things of the world can be attractive to us. Sometimes we can give in to the fashions and the trends, and the crazes, and the popularities. Sometimes we can begin to focus on the material things, and what begins to happen then, we begin to lose out with God. We come to church and we leave again without really having ever heard what the preacher has said. The seed has been choked by the desires that we have for material things. We begin to neglect our devotions. We begin to stop seeking God's face in prayer. We begin to neglect reading of scripture the weeds of the world begin to choke our spiritual life oh may it not be so in your heart dear child of god may we ever take our eyes off the world may we ever keep focused on jesus christ the author 
and the finisher of our faith. The things of this world will only ever choke the blessings of God in our life. They'll be a weed to our soul. They will starve us of spiritual life. And if you're outside of Christ, they will rob you of eternal life and glory. They'll choke your soul. Roadside soil, the rocky soil, the riddled soil. Notice, fourthly, finally and very briefly tonight, the ready soil. You see, there's a soil here that's ready to receive the seed of the gospel. Look at verse number 8. It says, Another fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Seed that landed in the ploughed field, that fertile soil, it flourished. It was able to get down into the soil. Its roots were able to penetrate deeply. It was able to get all that it needed. The soil was clean. There was no weeds. There was no feet to trample upon it. There were no birds able to get into the soil to steal it away. And the seed that lands in such a soil will always bring forth an abundant crop. What does it mean? Look at the words of Christ in verse 15. But that in the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Here's a heart prepared by the Spirit of God, ready to receive Jesus Christ. Here's a heart that surrenders their life to Christ as their Lord and Savior. Here's a heart that is ready and willing, prepared to yield their life over to the Savior, to live their life serving him. This isn't a temporary faith. This isn't a superficial faith. This isn't something done in the spur of the moment, in the midst of emotion and hype. No, this is a true, lasting, spirit-born faith, enduring in Jesus Christ. It's representing the soul that receives the message of the gospel and that seed is planted in their heart and in their soul and it brings fruit unto salvation. It's a soul who repents of their sin and trusts in Christ as their own impersonal Savior. It's a soul who upon hearing their need of salvation, hearing of their state of sin is convicted in their heart and in their soul is challenged over their sin but doesn't leave it there but they turn to Jesus Christ knowing that he's the only one that can save them. I wonder, dear friend, tonight, which soil are you? Does this last soil describe you? Are you ready to receive Christ? You know your need of salvation tonight. You know that Christ is the only way, truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. Oh, as the gospel seed is sown, as it has gone forth from this pulpit for many years and many other pulpits, as you've heard the gospel call to repent, which heart best describes you tonight? Are you like the roadside Soil, that soil that is hard to the gospel, no time for the things of God. You like that rocky soil, your faith has no real root. You might have believed for a little time superficially, but you've given up long ago on the things of God and you've never truly been converted. Are you like the riddled soil? You're so focused tonight on the things of the world that the weeds of sin have grown up in your heart and you've no room for Jesus Christ. You've no room for the things of God. Are you like the ready soil this evening? Are you prepared to repent 
of your sin and trust in Jesus Christ? Are you ready to surrender your life to him? Leaving your sin behind, leaving behind the pleasures of this world, leaving behind those things that will choke your soul of spiritual life. And are you ready to trust in Jesus Christ to become a follower of him, pressing toward the mark on following Christ as your Lord and Savior? Oh, I trust tonight that we would all be like the good soil, that tonight you would examine your own heart and that by the Spirit of the Lord working that you would trust in Christ as your Savior if you haven't already. Or maybe if you've made that false profession, maybe tonight you've realized that you're not truly saved. Maybe for years you've been showing signs, maybe in the outward appearance, and yet you know in your heart that you're not trusting in the Savior. Make the matter right tonight. Come and trust in the Savior this evening. Come and let the seed of God take that root deep in your heart. And may tonight you repent of your sin, turn from the world, and trust in Jesus Christ as your own um, personal Savior. Trust the Lord will bless his word to all of our hearts this evening. And God's servant for bringing his word tonight. And it's a challenge, it's a searching question. Which soil best describes you? I wonder if you know God's spirit striving with you tonight. Why not accept his salvation? Why not throw off the burden of sin? 251, just let's sing two verses. Verses 1 and 4, 277 is the page number. Why do you wait, dear brother, or why do you tarry so long? Your Savior is waiting to give you a place in his sanctified throne. Watch the words as we sing verses 1 and 4, as we stand, as we sing. trust that you can stay for a little time of fellowship. Just make your way across to the hall. My dear loved one, if you're troubled of soul tonight, and the searchlight of the scriptures has come to your heart with power and has shown you you're like 
the rocky road or the riddled soil. I wonder, would you be the ready heart tonight? Why not come to him now? There's danger and there's death and delay. We're here afterwards. We'll gladly sit down and open up the scriptures to you. Point you to Christ. Get the old matter settled tonight. Close in with God's salvation. Father, we thank thee for thy word this evening. We recognize, Lord, that these types of soil are found in many churches, in this church, those that are hardened tonight. Lord, we fear for them. There's those, Lord, that have received the word with joy, but there's no root. Oh, God, reveal it to them, we pray. Reveal it to them that they're not that new creature in Christ. And the word says, by their fruits ye shall know them. And there's no fruit there. There's others riddled. The cares of the world, the pleasures of the world. They were not saved. Oh God, we pray for the ready heart tonight. We pray for the prepared soil. Prepared of God. Lord, that they might receive the engrafted word which is able to save their soul. Speak on when the preacher's voice is silent. Thank thee for giving them help tonight. We pray that thou would minister on to that needy soul. At night, this night, the best would yet to be. Thou would save to the uttermost. Accept of our thanks for the temporal provisions. Thank thee for the good things provided for our bodies. Have us eat and drink to thy glory. Bless our time of fellowship. Later on, bring each one home safely. For we ask these things in our Saviour's name. And for God's great eternal glory. Amen.